Welcome to my first podcast, everyone. This is Velvy with Failing God. Welcome, everybody. This is Failing God with Velvy and my partner in crime, Paul. Hi, Velvy. Hey, how are you, Paul? Great. Good to hear. So, for this introductory and maiden voyage uh, podcast, what I'd like to do is just set the stage that I plan on, whether this will ever happen or not, we'll see, but I plan on doing several podcasts with my friend Paul on the topic of failing God, one I've been studying for many, many years by, guess what, my own failures, which are too many to be uh, named in any one given podcast, so I thought I'd do a whole bunch <laughs> and provide lots of insights on how you too can fail God. Now, the whole goal I have here is that you could hopefully learn from me so you don't have to, or if you are currently, maybe you can choose to quit failing God in certain ways if you choose to. This is totally up to you. If nothing else, maybe it'll be informative or maybe it'll incite you to think a little differently about things or just disagree completely. That's okay as well. So to start off with, I'd like to kick it over to my friend Paul to... Uh, yeah, I, Tell me a little bit about what you mean by failing God. Well, so when I say failing God, it's a, a little bit of a, um, I guess... Um, ironic statement or maybe a oxymoron or maybe I'm the moron and God's <laughs> not. But um, essentially what, what I'm saying is um, all the ways that you go out and set to please God or set a standard or think that you're doing what you want, uh, he wants you to do, she wants you to do, however you see God. Um, God didn't introduce his, uh, his or her pronoun to me personally, but I've read in the Bible, he, so... Um, I default to that often, but um, it's how you can, you know, fail God unintentionally. Because most of the people I know are not intentionally trying to fail God unless they just have a vendetta or they're so sick of trying to please them, they went off in the other direction. Most people I know are actually pretty well-meaning with their faith in whatever form it comes in. The last I checked, there's over... 17,000 different versions of Christianity in the world and growing, that's for a reason. There's mm -hmm. a lot of misunderstanding about God, and I'm not claiming I understand it. I'm just going to tell you what my experience has been and what's worked for me and what hasn't. And this one is focusing on a lot of the, the things that didn't work for me very well. So when you failed, God, I, I guess I'm curious to know how you failed, God, but first, were you one of those good intention people? You think you were doing it right is that part of the way we fail yes that's how i massively Thanks. failed okay <laughs> so yeah i in intention wise my my intentions were 100 percent gold i set out to try to please god in every fashion i could and unfortunately i just ended up with a lot of heartache and depression and some various moments of feeling a little gleeful or a little bit excited that maybe I was in God's will or maybe I was doing what I should at the time, but it was always accompanied soon after by disappointment and failure. Let me ask you this. When people say they're going to go out and try to please God, like the situation that you were in, 
do you think for the most part they really are, or are they trying to please um, other people, themselves, a church? Well, that's that's a great question, Paul. So I think there's not one answer to that. I think um, what I found is it can be all of those. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we often are, are trying to please what we think God wants from us, but it was through the mouth and the interpretation of their pastor, a friend, their understanding or misunderstanding of the Bible as they read it or heard it from their parents, or some oral tradition or physical tradition they had been participating in their family. I don't know that there's um, bad intentions hardly ever. It's usually really good intentions. And unfortunately, some of the best intentioned people end up causing the greatest harm. Hmm, Interesting. What is the what are the ways that you fail God personally? Like you had this idea for a podcast, and you sounds like you have several stories. Yeah, and I've already <laughs> well, failed at that. Okay, excellent. So, so, which one like pops in your head first of a way you fail God? So that's the I, that's a good question. I thought we'd start with this one. Um, okay. on this first podcast. So thanks for queuing me up, Paul. You got so it. I I wanted to start with um, just the general idea of pleasing God. And um, by the way, as we get started in these podcasts, the goal is for them to not last any more than, say, 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. So you won't have to listen to me very long and hear about all the failures, but hopefully long enough that you'll get some ideas um, and maybe something to uh, think about. So I'll put so, a big cue when it's about time. Perfect. Right okay. Because I'll need that because yeah. I can talk. So the first one out of the gate, I thought we'd talk in general of your intention to please God with your actions and what you do. And there'll be some multifaceted ways to look at this in other podcasts we do, but I just wanted to start off with the big umbrella of setting out to please God through your behavior and your actions. Because almost any church I've attended, and I've attended dozens and dozens of churches throughout my life, um, from all kinds of faith, all walks of faith, um, some I enjoyed, some I didn't, and, and some I didn't enjoy because I was a certain place in my faith and my development, and, and some I you know probably wouldn't enjoy now that I did back then um, many years ago. So <clears throat> what I found, though, with every one of these churches is there's always at some point, and some of them every time you'll go to church, um, which trickles down to what your family teaches you and what others from those churches will, will think and, and, and proliferate in terms of how they believe, is that there's a focus on you, you know, behavior. And almost mm-hmm. every church has a statement of, we believe this, which is accompanied often by certain behaviors. And they have in their church doctrine, here's the behaviors that we believe that, you, know, you need to uphold, whether they're just a few or many. Um, I found that, you know, by um, my own walk of trying to please God over and over and over in my behavior and what I did, that no matter how hard I tried, even when I felt like I was making a little progress, I always failed Hmm. in some way. And and I usually failed the most when I thought I was doing the best. That usually Hmm. came right after. A failure would come right after I thought, man, I just witnessed this person and told them about God, and I feel so good. <laughs> and then I'd go do something horrible, like omission, uh, something I should have done that I didn't, something I did that I shouldn't have done, 
Um, and it just happened over and over. And so I, the more I tried, I doubled down. And so if I failed, I would double down my behavior and say, this week I'm going to try even harder. Mm. And I'd go to church, I would read, I would listen, I would study the Bible, I would pray for hours endlessly, I would fast. I even learned how to fast back in college. I'd fast for a couple days at a time sometimes. And even in my fasting, I would get kind of angry and hasty and kind of quick to get upset with things. I realized, oh, when you don't eat, that happens. Yeah. But I would get upset and start you know, feeling like, well, that's a sin as well. You're not supposed to be quick to anger. <laughs> so I, I couldn't even you know, keep the law when, and my behaviors sound when I was fasting. So this all led to a spiral of me trying even harder and harder every time and doubling down to try to please God with my behavior. And what I found is, and this, unfortunately, I didn't see a lot of this until after I really crashed, is that when you're in that state of thinking that your behaviors can please God, you're in a constant, vicious mode. You're in a, when you're in the state of thinking you can please God, you're in the, and trying to do it with your behavior, you're in a constant circle of self-evaluation of, did that please him? Did that not? Did I do the right thing here? Did I not? When I'm just having a conversation with a friend, am I saying what I should say? Should I be saying something else? Did God want me to say that? Is the devil influencing me on this? Maybe that shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't be here right now. Maybe I should be over there. Maybe I should be at church. Maybe I should be looking at the Bible. Am I wasting my time at the... So you so didn't really have quality time because you'd worry about every everything. other time that was going on. Yeah, Everything was a worry. And it just builds up anxiety and anxiousness. And what I discovered later by looking at the Bible in other ways is that, you know, it says that the law is the strength of sin. And if you think on that and meditate on a little bit, basically that verse saying the law is the strength of sin is saying that if you want to really see sin pop up and really see how sinful you are, take a look at the law and measure yourself according to it. Mm. Because the law is the strength of sin. And as I began to look at it in a different way, and this was after I crashed and realized I couldn't do anything to please God, I saw, oh, Jesus came to fulfill the law. And you don't hear this verse very often, but it says in Romans 4.15, where there is no law, there is no sin. Mm. And therefore, the strength of sin was taken out of the way by what Jesus did in fulfilling all of the law, and it says the law was literally tacked up on the cross with him. So when I say the law was taken away and there is no sin, imagine a highway where there's no speed limit and no signs for you to direct your behavior. That literally is what grace is like, but that's too much for the mind to comprehend. Sure. So in church, we try to tamper it down and say, well, no, no, you can't just do anything you want. Right. But the truth is you can. It's just not going to be helpful, or in Paul's words, it's not going to edify you and others if you do. So you need to operate in love versus law. So with that understanding, there's nothing you can do to break the law. Is there anything that you can do to please God? Well, let me... Let me ask you you know, let me just you know back up a little bit when you say that you can't break the law so there really isn't any law anymore to break 
Yes. So there's not, you can't really refer to, you can't break the law because you don't have anything that you can literally break against. So it's been fulfilled, taken out of the way, and true freedom has been introduced that the mind can't comprehend. And religion certainly isn't going to expound because if you were to tell people in church, guess what? You're so free, you never have to come back here ever again. If you do come back, it's because of your own love of God and your and wanting to help your neighbor and maybe to learn a little bit. But you don't have to. You'll go right into heaven with the worst person in this church and the worst person out of the church. That's too much for most people to comprehend. And by the way, you won't be able to keep the money coming in at your church either, most mm-hmm. likely. So there's nothing I can do to please God because that is a positive and you have to have the negative, right? So that the law has the only thing you can do to please God, the way I understand it in in the the New Testament of the Bible is to believe on the only one that could please him. Okay. And if you do that, that nature is imparted to you as a free gift. And the only thing you can do is believe. And the faith itself is not even something you can muster. It's a gift of God. There is a place in the Bible where the, um, the invalid and the uh, sinner said, Lord, help, help my unbelief. And the Lord said, I haven't seen a faith this great. Because he was even admitting, I don't even have enough faith to believe. So please help my unbelief. And, and, and the interesting thing is his, God's response to that was, I've not seen a greater faith. Because he was showing his greatest weakness. He didn't even have the faith to believe. And I know many people that may hear this, including myself, maybe mm-hmm. you, Paul, you know there's times in your life when you don't even have the faith to believe. You even have right. to ask God for that. But guess what? Right. That's admitting your weakness and that there's nothing you can do. And God says, I haven't seen a greater faith than that. So it sounds like the the failing stories that you have were based on the idea that you had to do do things. Yeah. To please God. Yeah. And oh my goodness. Oh boy. That's about the time. Oh, That's our time time's thing. Up. Well, so so next time you'll next time you'll be talking more about these times that you failed and how probably we all fail. Yeah, and I'll talk about the different ways we can fail God. This was just the beginning. That's a real cliffhanger for you to learn. How else can you fail God? <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> we'll see you next time, folks.